Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only Mr. Daniel Shrewsbury Jr., who has an early fight to catch, which makes we have to hurry the hell up. <laughs> so this is going to be the fastest-paced episode in some time. We will start with West Virginia's win over UCF. I don't want to talk about the actual game. I want to talk about how important it was for West Virginia to finally win again after being beaten Houston on that Hail Mary and then letting Oklahoma State pull away. Darren. How important was it that West Virginia got this win on the road? Extremely. Uh, and to do so without throwing a f- passing touchdown. I didn't realize that. I think they, they had all the touchdowns came on the ground. And Garrett Green was the first WU quarterback to have three rushing touchdowns in the game since, since the great Pat White. Yes, I knew that. But I didn't, I didn't, I watched that game in its entirety. It did not occur to me there was not a passing touchdown mm-hmm. from West Virginia <laughs> in that game. It did not. Did not occur to me. So I'm with you. That was a very important win. And now, of course, West Virginia turns its attention to BYU. So the Cougars are coming in here. They've probably been the best of the newcomers in the Big 12. But they're also coming across the country, having just gone to Texas and play. I BYU is a game that, yeah, they're pretty good. But this is also a very, very winnable game at home. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely is. Uh, oh, come on. Come on. There we go. I wanted to bring up the Big 12 uh, scheduling model because, well, again, we're not going to get too far into the, uh, into the, uh, to the nuts and bolts of the uh, of the BYU game because, quite frankly, we don't have that kind of time. But we will discuss some breaking news uh, into the uh, quote-unquote newsroom uh, this this evening, and that is that the Big Twelve has announced the scheduling model for the next four years. So let's go through. We're only going to talk about some notable things. So we'll go through twenty twenty four entirely. Uh, 2024, they will host Baylor, UCF, Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State. They will go to Arizona, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. The first time we see Colorado and Utah is in 2025. In Arizona State, we go to Arizona. West Virginia is going to the state of Arizona the next two years Hmm. to play a conference football game. Just crazy. We go to Utah for the (laughs) first time. In 2025, playing at BYU, and then we go, then we go to Utah, the state of Utah, two straight years, going to Utah to play the Utes in 2026. So, I don't want you to break down like, oh, you know, oh, we got five home games. What I just want to know what you think of this, of the fact that like West Virginia is going to win the most miles traveled in this conference award like every year, right? Uh huh. Just because we're the most, we're the <clears throat> easternmost school. Yep, and I don't care if people say Orlando is more east than us. We were here first. We get the we get the misery. Yep. <laughs> so you, as an alumni of this great institution, what you're more connected to it than I am? What do you think? Uh, it's just it's just going to be interesting. Um, I I to touch on the thing. It is very interesting. The back and forth or semi back and forth of four home games, five away, vice versa. Uh, but that's not really much of a, oh, someone's getting screwed because, you know, probably half the conference is getting screwed that yeah, at any given moment. So yeah. <laughs> it's not really a, a common. As long as it seems, as long as it seems we hate that they're getting screwed, we're okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy. But yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking, like, they go to Pitt. They have, I think, seven home games next year. I think they, it lines up, they have seven home games Good in Lord. 2024. But the fifth road game is Pitt. So, I, you know, it's only, what, 70-some miles? Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah, you're going to Lubbock, Texas, and Arizona, but you're also going to Cincinnati and Pitt. Like, it kind of balances out the road schedule a little bit. Yeah, It doesn't balance out in 2020. In 2025, because you got Arizona State, BYU. That doesn't balance out at all. <laughs> but next year it does. So we'll see if they can build momentum. And here's the thing. 
be mad they go out there anyway because if they go to a bowl game, that could be that whatever the hell they're calling it, bowl game in the Diamondbacks' place. It could. So we may end up getting a, another taste of Mountaineers in the desert. Mm-hmm. And now that leads me to the to the uh, to the point that I really was looking forward to in this, I'm not, uh, I'm calling this because I'm the one that names the podcast. I'm the one that edits it. I'm the one. That, all I do is call Darren and ask him to talk ball for an hour. That's all I do. <laughs> That's all he does. Uh, but coaches gone mad, and specifically, I want to talk about three instances across college football this week. Pitt got their ass beat like 58 to 7 by Notre Dame. And then their head coach, Pat Narduzzi, and I'm not going to bring out the quotes because, quite frankly, I don't care enough to bring out the quotes. I truly don't. I want to make a point <clears throat> and uh, a general point at that. And so Pat Narduzzi basically said, We lost a lot of guys and we thought we had replaced them, but apparently we didn't. Remind you, Pitt's like two and six. They had their starting quarterback converted to a tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same guy that lost to West Virginia after that converted to a tight end. And then Dion, Coach Prime, uh, basically said he needs to get a all-new offensive lineman uh, after after his son continues to get beaten beyond beyond recognition, it seems like, um, on a weekly basis by his by uh, defenders. And then Dabo Sweeney on his radio show basically called out this Clemson fan from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and basically called him ungrateful. Basically, he's like, you all complain that we're four and four, but we've had like 12 straight 10-win seasons. We've played for five championships. We've won two. Stop. It's one bad year. Stop crying. Yeah. So, Darren, out of all, out of all these, what what is it with coaches going mad now? Like, this, this is not something – that you would have seen, you know, even five years mm-hmm. ago, unless Saban gave you the quote of his life. Yeah, it's listen. There, there's some. There's obviously recruiting is on the coach. That's your fault if you've messed up. However, it is also your job to develop these freaking players. If they're not doing the job, you're not developing them properly. So that's also on you. Outside of the player themselves just going, eh, I don't really feel like it. Mm. <laughs> um, like, there's, like, you have a job and you need to be doing it. And if you're not doing it well, it shows on the field. And quite frankly, Pitt, <laughs> it's shown on the field. <laughs> Colorado yeah. has started to show on the field. Now that I give slightly bit more, uh, not even, uh, not even, not to, co- to the coach or the players particularly, just in general, a slight bit of leeway to because they're quite literally an entire team of people who've never played with each other before. Um, because the entire roster was scrapped, so. To have one, well, I, actually, I want to say have one bad game, but if I recall properly, uh, uh, Shador is the most sacked quarterback in the league right now. Um, in the country, yeah. If if I recalled properly. So, you are right. Um, obviously, there's something to be said, Dale. But again, an entire team of players who have not played together before you're going to have some cracks to start. The fact that they're what four and four or five and three, something like that at this point in the season, having knocked off a, a ranked team and, and um, well, they blew a lead to another team. The point is having done what they've done so far is, is crazy enough to think like you wouldn't look at that and go, I don't care who you are. That shouldn't be, you shouldn't be sitting dang near close to a bowl game at this point in the season. Um, they were picked last in the, in the conference because no one knew what to think of them. Yeah. So to, to go out there like, oh, we need a whole new O-line, blah, blah, blah. No. Develop the players that you've picked. Yeah, you're going to need to, you're going to need to, you're going to need to scout and, and recruit anyway. Yes, build depth. But this is literally year one of an entire program rebuild, not just a rework, an entire rebuild. This is the definition of a rebuild. 
So you could spin it as, oh yeah, they're kind of taking responsibility for, for not recruiting well, but they're not, it's, it's a half-assed responsibility. It's a half-assed take at that because they're blaming the players for sucking and saying, oh, I recruited a sucky player or I got duped into these players. So they're acting as if they were duped. It's really effectively what it is. They're acting as if they were shown more than they were actually going to be getting. Uh, when I don't believe that that's the case. It's simply a matter of you haven't done your job coaching them. You and your coaching staff have not done the, the, the work. And yes, there is the chance that some players have just not done the work either. Because you, you, the old saying, you can't, you can lead a horse to water, can't make a drink. But I have to believe that that's not the case across the board. It is a few and far between. Um, to have a whole roster of guys that just gave up is yeah, kind of staggering. Exactly. And as far as as far as Dabo, what I have to say is, who gives a shit? Simply because it does it doesn't matter what you did five years ago, the last six years. It matters what you're doing right now. And if you're failing, that means you're doing something wrong. You're not doing whatever you did correctly the past six years to put you in the position. Well, it, it, it is and it isn't because the, the, I'll, I'll get back to Colorado because Col- there's a point I want to make about Colorado. Mm-hmm. Pitt, it's just it's. I'm going to laugh at them. But, <laughs> of course, of course. But Clemson, it, it's it's not so much what they've done incorrectly. It's, that what, they, it's what they haven't done. Mm-hmm. Dabo has sworn off the transfer portal. He has chosen to solely recruit high school guys. And so effectively what Clemson is doing is they're throwing a like, team full of kids up against grown-ass men every week. Mm-hmm. And the grown-ass men usually win. If Dabo went, if Dabo, if Clemson dabbled in the rec- in the transfer portal, they would be back where they were because there's clearly they have an eye for talent. Mm-hmm. Don't don't ever think that Clemson and that coaching staff doesn't know what talent is. Yeah, they do, but they've completely he being this you know Southern good old boy has decided that the transfer portal is not the way this sport should go, and he may end up being right, but it's. To his detriment now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the it, it's it goes back to the the, the 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 brief discussion we had a couple weeks ago of the Belichick supposedly getting a lucrative deal, blah blah blah, and people going, Oh, well, does that mean he's gonna do anything? It's like, well, who gives a shit that you're getting paid? Again, the only people that should give a shit in this case, or well, I guess in this case, the taxpayers, because they're effectively paying yeah. his salary. Imagine <laughs> being a South Carolina fan and knowing you're paying Dabo to do this. Yeah, and um, so yeah, it's if you if you as a person, and this tends to be the case, or one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid employee by the state, you should probably be producing in the place you're getting paid to produce. And in this case, it's winning freaking football games, not sitting here complaining to Joe No Name about, well, look at what we did the last five years. Well, how long has it been since you've won a title? You set those expectations. People expect the same thing. Look at us with the Patriots. <laughs> have they competed for it? Have they been in the playoff post the Trevor Lawrence era? I don't think they have. It's literally been a while for like it's literally been beyond that. It's not just this year. It's since the transfer portal came in and Trevor left. This team's been awful. Uh, let me see. And the offense has been damn right downright anemic at times. It was under DJ Uyunglele. They made the playoffs 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. They had a six-year sh- stretch of the playoffs, and they haven't made it since. Okay, so that's one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's three years. That's for Clemson. That's far too long. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, Clemson is, you know, SEC and almost everything. Like, like it's an it's an SEC fan base, and those people are nuts. <laughs> let's just face it; those people are insane mm-hmm. when it comes to their football teams. 
So you go three years without making the playoff, and yeah. the natives start getting restless. Especially when you you've got the record as it stands for the most playoff appearances since the the CFP has been put into place. And there's a rivalry there with Georgia. If Georgia keeps on that, keeps on the keeps on the uh, the way they're going, oh my God, they're going to lose their minds if Clemson breaks that. If Georgia breaks that record, mm-hmm. now on to Colorado. I agree with everything you said. Actually, I, I think that back, they're, they're one behind Alabama. Alabama has seven. Sorry, Clemson has six. They didn't show it on the first list I was looking at, and I oh. opened up the full thing. So. They're still going to be mad when Georgia passes them. Exactly. Exactly. So going back, I agree with everything you said about Colorado. I cannot disagree with a word of that. But I will hone in a little bit on the offensive line specifically. Because the offensive line is the most important position on a football field, or a position group rather. And it is the hardest to get a cohesive unit in. Mm Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is this. What do we always talk about when we talk about what makes a football <clears throat> team great? Like, what, what, where does it all start? It starts up front, right? Hey, this team's got four out of five offensive linemen coming back. They're, yeah, they may have a, a, a sophomore or something quarterback, doesn't know quite as much, but they've got a good foundation, right? That's where it all starts, right? Yeah. Okay. Why is that so important? Because if you got five guys on that line, they do everything together. They know each other like the back of their hand, if not better. You cannot coach that. Mm-hmm. You only get that from time spent. And quite frankly, you don't get it in an offseason. You don't get it in the season. You were going to get it next year. Yep. Next season. When they've had an off season now, a season, and then next off season before they really got to gel. So Dion coming out here and saying, I need new offensive linemen, I'm sorry, but that kind of defeats the purpose of having an offensive line. It it it, it really you don't accomplish anything. I, I I don't get it. I really don't get why he's trying to it almost seems like he's trying to force things to happen right now that probably in his heart of hearts, if you really asked him, knows it can't happen right now. Because it's one thing to teach a guy technique. Another thing to teach him, which you can't teach him, to trust his brother next to him. And no, it goes beyond just trusting, hey, I believe you're going to make this play. It it goes to the point where I trust you because I know when you need to be in a certain spot, You'll be there. It's just like building a rapport with the with a quarterback and a wide receiver. Doesn't happen overnight. Why did the Patriots so successful? Because Tom Brady took Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, all these guys out to Montana and they threw all summer. They could they knew they couldn't accomplish it in training camp. They had to have it done before they came to Foxborough to camp. Mm-hmm. That's why the Patriots were successful. That's why teams are successful. You can't get it done in a short amount of time. You have to build it. And I, truly, if Dion does go out and get himself a new offensive line, he'll probably end up being in the same spot. I mean, the only way to, the only way I see to keep this thing from going completely off the rails is to keep the offensive line you've got now and just let him gel. Mm-hmm. And you have to imagine that some of the statements ha- are absolutely influenced by the fact that his son is the one taking a beating. One would think, yes. I, I mean – to to think otherwise would just be you know naive honestly. Sure- Although we did establish this isn't even his favorite son, so yeah. man, I even yeah. yeah yeah yeah. For all we know, he's like, listen here, son, you you, <laughs> you 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 did you don't deserve to be number one here. You might as well not deserve to be number one on the field. You know. <laughs> no no, and he's kind of like, listen, son, you start evading those sacks and you become number one in my playbook. Okay. <laughs> I can't have no quarterback being sacked 35 times. <laughs> and I can't keep blaming the offensive lineman. So I can only say can only save your ass with words so frequently. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, let's move on to the professional ranks. The Patriots lost to the Dolphins. Don't want to talk about that game at all. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the tip to mention that none of us are surprised by that. Not a single soul here is surprised yep. the Patriots lost in Miami. The only thing I'm surprised about is the fact that they had a lead for all of 30 seconds. Yeah, literally all 30 seconds of time he <laughs> killed on involved. <sighs> With that, the Patriots fall to two and six. I saw this stat, this, I think it was on Monday. Yeah, yeah it was on Monday. There is not a. There is only one team in the AFC that has less than three wins, the New England Patriots. I'm ready. Depression. Depression. They'll try to get back on track though against the Washington Commanders. who come to Gillette Stadium this week before the Patriots head to Germany to take on the Colts. With the Commanders though, they just traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And I'm of the belief that since the ownership group basically forced those two trades, I have a feeling Ron Rivera is going to be out. So this is very much the organization in transition. What do you make of the commanders? Oh, because here's the thing. They held their own against the Eagles. But then again, that's a division game. Mm-hmm. This, If you're going by the commanders uh, kind of flip-flop record, this is a game they yeah. don't show up and the Patriots win by 40. Mm-hmm. But this is also the Patriots. Yeah. The thing with the Commanders are that in both of the the Eagles games this season was that they were they were controlling them up and I mean, they, literally I they were controlling them they had complete control of the game until well the minute that they didn't and then it was all downhill from there and generally that came close to the fourth quarter um, I, I I turned on that game because it was the only one that seemed anyway in anywhere. Uh, that would that would be anywhere uh, interesting enough to keep watching, and it was. I watched it all the way up until uh, the Eagles took the lead. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> this game's over," because Howell's already thrown an interception. And the, the the big thing here was that Washington was doing everything right defensively, everything to keep points off the board. They got two turnovers in. Uh, they took two uh, fumbles in the uh, red zone. One of them off of uh, a QB sneak in which Jalen Hurts fumbled it. Um, I think they picked him up. I think there were like four uh, turnovers in that game on, uh, on the Eagles side. And the only one that... Oh, no. So there were only two. They were both fumbles. So those two literally kept points off the board because they were in the red zone. And the only turnover that mattered was the Washington interception that basically gave the ball right back to the Eagles to take the lead. Because I think they got it, they got up uh, 31-24 at that point, I think it was. And then from there, it was once once they got two scores up, it was over. I was like, yep, this is done. Oh. <laughs> they got- I would... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I didn't watch the game because uh, my girlfriend's a Steelers fan. And I wanted to watch the same game she was. And I told her, I was like, I don't hate myself enough to watch the Eagles willingly. <laughs> so that's why I didn't watch that game. If I'd known the Patriots, if I remember the, the commanders with an excellent schedule, I may have actually watched that game, but I didn't. So you provided you provided more knowledge than I had of that game because I didn't <laughs> watch it. All in all, it was it was a good game. It was back and forth the whole time. But it was Washington commanding it all the way up until 8.47 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Liz would look at me and go, shut up. <laughs> I'm sure Christina would too if I did that. I'm sure. I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would. <laughs> oh boy okay well let us get into the uh, around the league segment and we're going to try to go two minute drill on this thing so no big stats okay okay Bills beat the Bucks 24 to 18 in a game coming off the game against the Patriots that felt like the Bills needed to win that game by a lot more and they didn't should we be disappointed now the Bills not the Bills only won by six <clears throat> or do you take the win and just run with it Honestly, take it run. Take it and run. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cowboys beat the Rams uh, 43-20. Are the Cowboys that good? They're 5-2. and two. Uh, 
that's all I need to hear. They'll blow it when it matters, and that's all that matters. Yeah, they got the Eagles this weekend. Yeah, that one. Ideally, good thing you're le- good thing you're leaving Texas when you work. Because depending on how that game goes, that state may end up being right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially if the Rangers lose the World Series and blow a three-one lead, which we've seen happen. You know the last team to do it? To, uh, went after uh, went after being down three-one. Uh, ain't I, the Braves? Ah. The 2016 Cubs. I forgot they were down. I did too. I always forget. I remember them winning game seven Cleveland. I always forget they were down 3-1. All right. Vikings beat the Packers 24-10, but they lose Kirk Cousins. What's the bigger deal here? Getting back to 500, winning the battle, or losing or losing the war? <laughs> uh, losing Kirk oh, Cousins. Yeah. They they and then they trade for what they trade for Josh Dobbs with from Arizona. Yeah, and they've got four quarterbacks on the roster. So they've got yeah. Josh Dobbs, the rookie they're starting now, and then two other guys. I don't remember their names, but basically they're going to go quarterback by committee. Yeah, um, just rough. Uh, and then there's the, uh, that on top of the storyline that has been circling the, the through since the season's beginning that this could be the last time – this could be the last season for Cousins in Minnesota, and now they're just like, did we just see his last game? In Minnesota. That's that's what I was thinking too. Um, that's the first thing I thought of was hmm. I'm like, well damn. <laughs> I guess we'll see in I guess we'll see in March. Yep. Titans take the Falcons to get back to uh let's see, Titans are three and four. The Falcons are four and four now. Which is a bigger deal? The Titans winning or the Falcons losing? Uh Titans, because it proves that you don't need Tannehill anymore. Yeah, you don't do that. Will Levis uh, went off. Uh, to to get the one stat, which is important, Will Levis threw four touchdowns that game. His first game, his NFL debut as a rookie. Tannehill had two all season up to this point. Um, That's bad. St- don't care. Stick with Levis. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> don't care. Tannehill. I'm surprised he didn't get traded yesterday. Honestly, yeah. the Vikings didn't call and say, "Hey, can we get your quarterback?" Right. At what point? And here's the thing. Now, granted, it would be kind of awkward considering they replaced him with Kirk Cousins, but Case Keenum is still in the NFL. He's a third string. In, he's a third string in Houston behind uh, C.J. Stroud and uh, the the other kid. The I forget his name. Um. Oh man, I think I knew it until you. Yeah. Uh. uh... What's his name? He's, he beat New England. He's like the first rookie quarterback ever to have 300 yards against a, against a Belichick defense. Dang, I don't remember. I can't but remember anyway, at all. I don't remember, but we, we recognize you, son. We just don't remember your name. Yeah. But anyway, Case Keenum is a perfectly capable NFL quarterback. Why didn't you call the why didn't you call Houston and say what you know, hey? Like I don't know why they didn't I don't know why they did that. I really don't, considering I Nothing against Josh Jobs, but there were other options out there. Mm-hmm. Hell, Kurt Tannehill's probably a younger Kirk Cousins anyway, so isn't you know it wouldn't be that much different. A little more mobile though, a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, Saints beat the Colts 28-27. A bigger deal for New Orleans, bigger deal for Indianapolis. Um. Hmm. Well, it puts Saints at 500, so simply on that, I'll save Saints. Fair enough. <laughs> that, that's a good reason. That's a good without, reason. Without having seen anything else on the game. I meant to watch some yeah, highlights I... today, but got way too busy at work tonight. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, it's that last day before you take off, so you got to do everything you were supposed to do the whole week in one day. <laughs> oh, that and I got lumped with uh, um, a bunch of paperwork that I didn't know from literally a year and a half ago when I was in training. Just comes out of nowhere. I'm like, uh, okay. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, then. Maybe it's a good thing you're running in Texas. It's a good <laughs> thing you end up running down there. Yep. Anyway, the New York Bowl, the Jets beat the Giants. And before we get to the results of the game, can we just point out how they had 15 punts in the first half? Mm-hmm. 15 punts 
in a half of football. That is averaging a punt every two minutes. There were more punts than there were points scored in this game. I believe it was 25 to 23. That is insane. Um, if that was ever a definition of a shit show, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On top of the fact that you're the New York Jets and you won this game in overtime, despite the fact that you you gave up negative nine passing yards and you still had to go to overtime to win the game. Can I say it again? The Jets suck. I don't care that they're four and three. They suck. See, people are, see, you're right. You, you, nothing about the Jets should give you any confidence. But people were looking at Aaron Rodgers throwing on the field before the game. They're like, okay, this team's four and three. Uh, he's going to be back in like December, which is only a month from now. If this team has a pulse, people are like, hey, bring him back. You'll do well and you'll make the playoffs and you'll go to the. I'm like, guys. No. Shut up. First off, dude's going to step out there and break a toe first try and then go back out there and blame the vaccines that he didn't get. <laughs> so I don't want to hear this shit about him being some savior in the last minute. <laughs> the Jets aren't going to have a chance to make the playoffs anyway by the time, assuming he's healthy. Let's just be real. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, 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 Rogers gets Rogers gets another chance. Assuming he does, he's going to get out there and get injured again. Or the team's already going to be in shambles enough where it won't matter how he performs. I'm just saying, if yeah. he ends up playing this year, mm -hmm. and they end up going to that Week 18 game in Foxborough needing a win, I don't care how bad the Patriots are. I want that game. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even care about the damn streak over the Jets. I don't. Mm -hmm. I just want to be the source <laughs> of their misery once again. Yeah. They, they, I, I said it before, and I will stand by it. I do not care if now. Obviously, we will have it will be at least three wins. But my original statement was: I don't care if we come out of the season with two wins all year, as long as they're against the New York Jets. <laughs> one over the Bills too. We'll take that too. Don't take, don't think we take, won't. We'll I'll take. Definitely it. take the one over the Bills. So, uh, yeah. uh, but if if but if we had lost to them and only one, only have two on the board, and it's the New York Jets, call that a win in my me. book. Yeah. The Jaguars <laughs> go into Pittsburgh, and I'm going to paraphrase Pat McAfee here. They went in front of the Yinzers in Pittsburgh weather and played Pittsburgh football and, and mocked, the, mocked the terrible towel afterwards. Mm -hmm. Did the Jaguars make a statement by beating the Steelers <laughs> at this in Pittsburgh? I feel like that. I feel like that has to be. I mean, you can't go in there and do that and it not mean something. Especially when you start taking towels from the fans and waving it in front of their faces, like um, that's like it, it, I'm just saying. If the Jags end up going to Pittsburgh in the playoffs, God help them. Oh yes, I I I definitely will expect some some revenge to be had. Mm -hmm. Are the Jaguars that good? Like it, they're five and two, and they've beaten the Bills. Mm -hmm. They've beaten. You know, they've lost the Chiefs, but they played the Chiefs tough. They've beaten the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Is this a contender in the AFC? I, I think they have, they could spoil somebody, but I I still don't see them going very deep. But they could be a spoiler. They could they could spoil spoil someone else's season and then get knocked out. Um, can they make the AFC championship game? I don't know. Um It's it's not out of the question. Fair enough. I'm not enough. confident that they will, but naturally, it's 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 not out of the question because no. the AFC does feel kind of like a mess at the moment. Yeah, we'll skip over the Eagles Commanders game because we already touched on that. Texans and the Panthers. I said right here on this podcast last week that the Panthers were in <clears throat> no way going to win this game. I'm not going to admit I was wrong. I'm just going to say I wasn't right. <laughs> there we go. That's there the talk. I, I'm not wrong. I just wasn't right. So, how shocked are we that the Panthers won this game? Um, yeah, exactly. And they did it with a, a scoring a field goal in the fourth. I didn't see again. I don't know the whether it was the last second field goal or if it was we just happened to score it and hold them off. Um, because Ian and I didn't get to watch any highlights, but uh, yeah, definitely did not expect that. No. No, but but hey, Bryce Young is now off the snide. 
And I believe that means everyone's got to win this year, which means a circle of parody at some point will happen. Mm-hmm. We love yeah. the circle of they we love the, the circle of parody. They were the last uh, the last winless team. Yep. Seahawks beat the Browns 20, 24-20. And the Jack don't look now, but the Seahawks at five and two are leading the NFC West. Mm-hmm. So is it a bigger deal that they won leading the division or the big deal that the Browns held on? Or held it close. Like this was a back and forth game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, if I recall properly, one, I I liked the the throwback uniforms. Oh, they um, were fantastic. I, the field was great too. Very, I very much appreciated those. Um, the the plays that those receivers were making on the ball, um, beautiful. Um, and again, it was the the Browns defense was still playing tough. Um, they had two picks off Geno. But again, you got to have some sort of an offense, and their offense is kind of still not wonderful. Yeah, if they had Nick Chubb, it'd be a different story. But mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson is not playing well when he's playing, and PJ Walker is meh. So mm-hmm. yeah. Now, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, P- yeah, PJ Walker. He, uh, I think he was the one from a couple weeks ago where the analysts were saying, "Listen, you, this is the one game that gets you two more years, three more years in yep. your career." Uh, well, mm-hmm. that again, he's got two or three more years probably. That's all that matters to him. <laughs> hey, you keep getting those checks, man. Yep. <laughs> Take the bag. Now to the biggest story in the NFL this week, and we actually need to go a little bit deeper on this one, on a topic in this. Broncos beat the Chiefs 24-9. That's not the topic. And this isn't either, but we'll get there. How surprised are we that they did this? Not only that they did this, but roughly a month after giving up 70 to the Dolphins, they hold the Chiefs without a touchdown. Um, and to do so by t- causing five turnovers. Um, unheard of. Uh, to see Pat Mahomes have two interceptions and not a, not a touchdown. Um, and and j- j- what? Excuse me, so um yeah, unbelievable. And I will call it an anomaly because it's, <laughs> it won't happen. I was again. about to say, don't look now, but the but the Broncos are three and five. <laughs> we ride at dawn. Yeah. Now oh. to the topic I want to dig a little bit deeper into. Mahomes was reported on Sunday morning had the flu. Mm-hmm. And he had to get an IV to play the game. And remember, the forecast for Denver was like 12 to 14 inches of snow and freezing. Not a situation where you want to play football in a healthy state, but certainly not one when you're battling the flu. Yeah. And they trot this guy out there, and he <clears throat> plays the worst game of his career. They lose, and then they get on a plane, and they fight to Germany to play the Dolphins this Sunday. I'm sorry, but he should not have played. I, I mean, it, 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 no, he's not well. Give mm-hmm. him time to get well, because the last thing I want is to have an, a sick Patrick Mahomes or any player on a halfway around the world flight, a captive audience, if you will, for this, for this, for this virus, to go spread around this team. I, I, I no, no. I, I, I really – I hate the whole warrior culture and the tough it out and stuff. I really wish players would have the gumption to say, you know, because he's not hurting for that game check, mind you. Like, yeah, he's exactly. Still, he's still fine. And I really wish coaches and general managers and people in the front office didn't preach from a very young age this, oh, you have to be available. I don't care how sick you are. There, there is a line because, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, some companies have that kind of culture. Where I don't care if you're dying, you come into work. But we've seen it kind of change with the pandemic where it's like, if you're sick, stay the hell home. Mm-hmm. This needs to be the thinking in the National Football League or sports in general. Yeah. Like just We need to shed that, for lack of a better word, stigma, I guess mm-hmm. is the word I'm trying to. I'm sure there's a better word, but that's the one I'm going to go with because I don't have a better one. But we need to shake that. There's no way he should have played on on Sunday. None. The the only player, the only athlete, the only person that should have a flu game was Jordan. And I 
regardless at all, you still shouldn't have played that. You just shouldn't play sick. But he's the, he's the only one that gets a flu game. The only one. Everyone yeah. else, stay home. Go stay home and rest. Damn it. Yeah. That, you have to have an IV to play. You're generally yeah. not able to play. If you risk your health further to play a game such that you can't play the next three games, what what? And you lost in this, in this frankly embarrassing manner. Then what was it worth? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, I they turned on. We had the Bengals and Niners here, and so they turned on to that game after that. For that game ended, and I was looking at him like, this man looks absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. Like he looks about ready to die. Yeah, uh, they, um, I I felt bad for him. I'm like, you shouldn't be out here, man. Mm-hmm. Just go home. Go, go, go. Stay in the hotel if nothing else. Meet me in Germany. Yep. You don't have to fly over there. Meet me there when you're good. You know the playbook. You know the game plan. We have technology. We can zoom you into a team meeting. Yeah. You don't need the reps, especially now midseason. All right, let's move on. Ravens beat the Cardinals 31-24. Big deal that the Ravens are 6-2. and two, Or the 1-7 Cardinals kept it close. Closer than it really should have been. Uh, and they did so in the fourth quarter, too. Um, they... Let me say it. Excuse me. Um, and they, yeah, they did so by putting 17 of those points up in the fourth quarter. So, that's wild. But... Also, I don't really expect it again because <laughs> they just traded away the quarterback who's been kind of giving them uh, their chances this year. And uh, they were planning on benching him anyway. Yeah, which is just weird. Um, and who knows when Kylo will be back, but it won't matter. It's all too late. And, you know, well, eh, he'll come out there, play like crap, and we'll just start making video game jokes again. You know, the circle continues. Yeah, the tradition persists. Mm-hmm. All right. Bengals go into San Francisco and hand the Niners a third straight loss. The Bengals are now four and three. They've won uh like three in a row now. Mm-hmm. The Bing are the Bengals back. I'd like to think they're on the right they got their shit figured out, yes. And conversely, how worried are we about San Francisco? Um uh, very. Uh not I, I will I would like to think not as much. Uh, hopefully, uh, after they they acquired Chase Young, and now you have two of the of at least this season's, but in general, two of the best pass rushers in the league on the same team. They combine this season so far for eighty five QB pressures among the two of them. God help the two quarterbacks who play the Niners now. Yes. Um, so if that doesn't fix something, uh, and, and start shifting, then I don't know what will, but yeah. Is it me? The first thing I thought when I saw that Chase Young trade was it felt like an overreaction. Like the Niners panicked and then they went in. Now, not saying he won't help. Mm-hmm. not saying he's not a great player because he is, or he's at least a really good player. But I looked at that and I went, how desperate are you guys? Like, yeah, you've lost three. It uh, feels like someone hit the panic button and they're like, oh, we got to go make a big trade. We got to go get someone. Mm-hmm. It, it it really felt like, because here's the thing. They've been going along pretty well since last year, obviously, and then this year to start out. Like, it's not been awful. Yeah. It hasn't been good the last month. I still wouldn't want to face them. No, not at all. No. Chargers beat the Bears 30 to 13. I don't think any of us are surprised by that, except the back. But, but I mean, the, the Chargers winning is at some point, I guess, to some degree, a mild surprise, but the Bears also are the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just saw this and I was like, I don't care who wins as long as Hobart gives me some touchdowns and pulls me from behind in this game. And he did. So there we go. <laughs> as long as Bashir didn't embarrass himself, I was okay. Mm hmm. Lions beat the Raiders 26-14. Don't care about that. Care about the Raiders cleaning house at yeah. 1 in the morning Eastern time. Yeah. What I, in the hell was up with that? I literally woke up, saw uh, – because, you know, I, got, I, I was in bed by 
10 o'clock. I was probably in bed at 9.30 yesterday. I don't remember. Point is, I definitely did not go to sleep knowing that he was fired. I wake up, see that, I'm like, okay. And that, because the way my notifications loaded, it was that. And then whatever else I might have got through the night. And I was like, okay, I saw this. Surely Lucas has sent a text immediately. Nope. And then I saw, whoa, that was at 1 o'clock in the morning. What in the hell? Um. Uh, so there's that. They fired their, their GM. They're likely, or they have already stated they're pinching Garoppolo. They got their, their coordinator out the door. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's again, another cleaning house moment. How many of those have they had in the last <laughs> handful of years at this point? Three? I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this. Number one, if, if Gruden hadn't been implicating those emails, we wouldn't be here because Josh was to be on the Patriot staff mm -hmm. and he wouldn't have failed like this. And therefore a lot of the moves they made wouldn't have been in there. Not saying that what Gruden did was right or wrong. I'm just stating a fact. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, if he doesn't implicate him in that, there's no reason to fire him. Yeah. Uh, if they give Rich Passaccia the job, uh, the interim head coach in the playoffs that year, mind you, mm -hmm. uh, we wouldn't be here. So the Raiders bungled it yeah. and put themselves in another in situation where we got blow a whole thing up and start over. Again. The big thing that the, I, I was I was reading an in-depth article earlier today that really hammered home the problems of McDaniel's. Two of the key points were made. One, he inherited a team that wasn't bad, but they were lucky. They 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 were they. They scraped by in some games where they, you know, probably yeah. could, you know, one thing goes wrong and it was flipped. I think they were hold, seven. Hold on the game. Yeah, they were like seven and two in close games, in one score games. And they made it to the playoffs because the Chargers, again, couldn't get out of their own way in that game when they should have. They sh they should have they what well, I think that game went to overtime that year right that sent it did go to overtime yeah. and it shouldn't have the Chargers should have won that game so McDaniel's comes in thinking he has a little bit more than what he does and then he starts focusing on veteran talent as opposed to some younger talent so he goes and starts picking up all of these thirty somethings. Um, almost 30-somethings, which, again, in the NFL is effectively geriatric, especially for the positions he was going after, and it blows up in his face. He alienates his star wide receiver. Alien, yeah, he... And then he... Um, Sh ships off the franchise quarterback. He, he, yeah, he, he picks up... It so much so that he waived his no trade clause. Uh, no, he didn't waive his no trade clause. He waived his guaranteed money or, or something that would have been owed for him, such that he could tell them, "I don't want to be traded," and they just, you know, dropped from there. So he gave up money that would have been owed to him otherwise, so that way. He he couldn't get traded, and he could just leave, effectively, is how that worked out for Cora. Um, Which was, I didn't realize it was that spiteful of a move, to be honest. Um, on on both ends, really. Um, the They gave up all their draft capital in, in the 2022 season to, to get basically nothing in return. Um, they... As far as I'm aware, I haven't done too much with 2023. It was just, it's been a series of just stupid decisions on McDaniel's part. Stupid decisions overall that have caused this downfall. I'll just, uh, to kind of wrap a bow on that, because we need to keep moving. It's... He'll never be a head coach in this league again. No. He's been fired twice in season. That You don't get a third yeah, chance. You, you don't get a third he chance. He has... Three total seasons of coaching, <laughs> because both of his his he didn't make it through the f second full season of either of his head coaching tenures, and he he didn't even make one day with the Colts because he pulled out of that. So, yeah, you go through two jobs where you got fired, and one job where you had it. And established a coaching staff, which then went on to relatively do good things because Evil Flues is, well, get good positions, rather. Uh, 
<laughs> lucrative positions, but Evil Flu's moved on to a head coaching position, etc. Um, and you just left them. Yeah. What fourth team wants to do? Who wants to be number four in the line of getting screwed by Josh McDaniels? Breaking news Josh McDaniels hired as coaching when the the Patriots. <laughs> uh, no, screw that. <laughs> uh, don't even care. Screw that. <laughs> I, I stand by it. I don't even want him back as an offensive coordinator. I, don't, I know you do. But I damn sure don't want him as a head coach. I, we've seen his stupid decision-making as a coach. No, no. Game time management, bad. Maybe we can promote Bill to GM and then him. <laughs> it, it all works out. It all works out. Ugh. It all works out. Let's move on to this week of the NFL. We'll start on Thursday night, Titans and the Steelers. This is a massive game for both. The Steelers need this game. Mm-hmm. Really, I think to keep pace with where they should be in the AFC. And oh, by the way, Kenny Pickett is injured his ribs. He says he's playing. Tomlin says, "Let's see what happens on Thursday about seven o'clock, and then we'll go from there." So who's it? <coughs> who's his backup? <coughs> Mitch Trubisky. Oh, that's right. Trubisky still. <laughs> Forgot he was still there. So yeah, now we know why Kenny Pickett wants to play. Because <laughs> he sees what happens. Although, to be fair, I watched the, the Steelers game with the Jaguars. When he left the game, the offense moved with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. It wasn't moving with Kenny Pickett. Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world if, if Trubisky starts. It might not be. Who wins the game, though? I think I, think, I think the Steelers bounce back. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, how about this with the first NFL game in Deutschland, in Germany? Dolphins, Chiefs. This will. This should be a fun one. The, the... And you're going to miss it because you'll be on the flight mm-hmm. home. Yeah, I'm going with Miami in this one. I'm sorry, but I don't know how the Chiefs are handling this flu bug that may or may not be circling around the locker room. Honestly, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs turned it back around and said, all right, let's go. Because the Dolphins don't have a very good defense. They just don't. It's simple. So you could take advantage of that. It could very well be a shootout. Um, but no, I, I, I would not. I would be less surprised if the Dolphins win. So I agree. Vikings go to Atlanta. They will start the rookie quarterback against Desmond Ritter. This all, I mean, it was already a fairly even game coming in because <clears> I don't <throat> think that Kirk Cousins was that much better than how Desmond Ritter had been playing. They've been playing kind of the same to me. But but the Vikings starting rookie quarterback, I'm now heavy on Atlanta at home. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I say give it to him by a field goal, but I agree. The line is four and a half. Well, all right then. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. Uh let's see here. Cardinals and the Browns. This feels like the kind of game where the Browns lose because they've been playing the tough teams good. Doesn't it? <laughs> I will I will I will love it. So heck yeah. <laughs> Rams go to Lambeau and uh, let's see, 45 degrees in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. After getting smacked down by the Cowboys last week, Sean McVay takes his show on the road once again. Do the Packers win the game in a battle of five lost teams? Um, I'm not convinced, honestly. Fair. It's fair. The Bears go to New Orleans. The Saints had better win this one. They should, yes. <laughs> now, this will be a good game that I hope we get. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll probably, we'll probably end, I'll probably end up getting the Patriots game because we're playing the Commanders. But Seahawks in Baltimore to play the Ravens. Two teams that are 6-6-2. Six and six and two. But just happens the Seahawks are two and one on the road, and the and the Ravens are two and one at home. So it's an even matchup all across the board. Mm-hmm. Baltimore though is favored by six points. That seems a little high to me, don't you think? Just a little bit. I uh, it really does feel like a, a back and forth game to me. Agreed. Like almost like who has the ball last. I'm not saying it'll be high necessarily high scoring, but it does kind of feel it, like a who has the ball last. Twenty four twenty, I think, yeah. is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Bucks at the Texans. 
both teams are both teams are three and four. Mm-hmm. I okay. Who comes out four and four? Um, hmm. I'm taking I, the Texans. I was I, I I was just say I think the Texans find a way bounce back, even it up. Colts at the Panthers. Frank Reich against his old team. Trying to get win number two on the year. Does he? No. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. Now this, you want, here's a, you, you want to know the shit show? Hmm. This is a shit show. Giants and the Raiders. And beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Honestly, <laughs> just go look at this field. Don't even bother watching the game. Yeah, yeah. Go, go to Vegas. Pay attention to this field. I wonder if you can see this field from the stadium. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, maybe they'll have a, a cool emoji face showing on it. You could just get enamored with that, or something. Yeah. maybe catch a little bit of the U two residency. At go see a fucking hockey game. Go watch the Golden Knights of town. <laughs> yeah, they put on a hell of a show, and they're the defending Stanley Cup mm-hmm. champion. I I had been I I don't follow NHL law, but I've been ena- I had been enamored by their uniforms and logo since like day one when they when they started. Um, hashtag army brat. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I could get on, I could get in on this, and that was, be- you, and that do- was before they made the Stanley Cup as a quote unquote rookie franchise. Do do yourself a favor when you get a chance, look up their introduction, like the pregame stuff. <clears throat> they put on a show. It's fun. Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, I don't know how to call this game myself. I I know what I hope happens, but at the same time, I don't know if it actually will. Yeah, I, I'm still not sure it, that the Cowboys are capable of winning games that, like, of this caliber. But I feel like the, I I want to say they have a better chance than the Commanders to put a put a game away when you're in control of it. Uh, against the Eagles, but I just don't know. I really don't know. The Eagles are not a an, an unbeatable team. They're obviously They're not as good as everyone thinks they are. The, yeah, exactly. They've got four more chinks in the armor than than their record shows, and in at least two occasions, both being the Commanders, you've seen the them just piss it away and give you a chance to to take it uh, to to take the game. Uh, take the game away. And the Jets. So three occasions. So, yeah, that's right. The Jets did uh, did do that. So, you know. I guess we'll find out a lot about both those teams come like 7 o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll find out the Cowboys are as good as we think they are, and I guess we'll find out the same thing yeah. about the Eagles. I mean, what, four of their games have been effectively blowouts. In terms of them winning, them blowing out the team, so you know maybe shove some of those points against the Eagles this time. Maybe don't don't go in there and score like nine, unless the Eagles score seven, in which case you're golden. But anyway, <clears throat> finally a good Sunday night game: Bills at the Bengals in Cincinnati. This is one where we're gonna find out if the Bengals are fully back, and my God. This is a game the Bills need to have just to reassert dominance in the AFC, right? Because mm-hmm. you got the Chiefs, we know are good. The Bengals, we assume, are good. The Jaguars are rolling. The Bills need to win this game so as to not be forgotten in this conference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they've been they've been the hey, we're here and we're good, but we will disappear when it matters team of the last few years and part of the reason being because of the Bengals overshadowing them uh, rightfully so Um, so now they get to go to Cincinnati so I I think I I think this is still a Bengals game um, especially because you just handled one of well what was one of the best defenses in the league might still technically be statistically one of the best defenses, but still yards don't matter uh, quite literally. 
a good defense. I mean, it's just without that, it goes without saying, it's still a really good defense. Um, and I, I, the Bills' defense has, has also been all right, but I don't think they're anywhere the caliber of, of San Francisco's defense. Nowhere close. They did just add Russell Douglas, mm-hmm. WVU, WVU guy going to the Bills. They did. And and I have to show, bring up what I showed you, the injury <clears throat> report today. Yes. They had him not participating in practice because he just showed up. <laughs> the Bills got jokes, and that's hilarious. Last game. This is the Monday night game. I'm glad I stopped watching every football game that wasn't thrown in front of me. I only watch what I think will be good because there's no way in hell I'm watching this game. Chargers and the Jets. <laughs> yeah. There's no way in hell I watch that game. You'd have to give me a fat Benjamin to watch that game. Yeah, exactly. And actually, not even just one. I think we just. I'll tell you when. I'll tell you when to stop mm-hmm. to watch that game. Give me that, and then I'll, pay, I'll only pay attention to see if Hobart gives me points. And Allen, because Allen, Hobart and Allen give me points, and I don't care about anything else. I'll just pay to, I'll watch to watch the Jets find a way to screw it up. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm watching, to see how the Jets manage to lose the game. Is it going to be Zach Wilson? Yeah. Is it going to be like, a stupid penalty? How is it going to work yeah. out? Because I'll tell you one thing. You're not holding the Chargers to negative nine off in uh, passing no. yards. No. It ain't no. happening. No, uh, no. They, they, they might be in their own way constantly, but they're not. I, um, I threw for negative nine yards in my own way. They're not <laughs> the New York Giants. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to what we learned this week. We're running a tick behind, but not too bad. So. I know what I want to end the show with, so I'm going to let you go first. That night went first, Doctor. It's only <laughs> so. Go on. Um, let's see. I, I'm trying to think of anything specific that caught my caught my um, caught my attention. Talk about the World Series. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I actually don't know that much about the World Series this uh, this, this, this season. Um, <laughs> uh, baseball, uh, yeah, uh, the Rangers put up ten ten runs in the first three innings last night, so that's a thing I learned. But actually, I, I can't think of anything that stood out this this week particularly. Um, hmm. Uh, <laughs> other, other than uh, other than that, yeah. I I will tell you this. Uh, I will fill in for the. I since I brought talk about the World Series, I guess I better. Uh, <clears throat> teams, I didn't know this. The Rangers are up three games to one as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game just started. Game five just started like three minutes ago. Um, teams that go up three one in the World Series win eighty six percent of the time. It's only teams coming back from a 3 1 deficit has only happened six times in the history of the World Series. Wowza. So the Ironbacks can do it, but the odds are very much stacked against them. Yes, they are. Now, I did learn something this week that I thought was very interesting and, quite frankly, heartwarming, at least for me. So. Generally, in the rail fan community, it generally starts by I had a you know a grandfather or my dad or someone in the family worked for the railroad, right? That's generally how a lot of people get into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have that. Well, I had it, but I didn't know what the. Uh, it's only it's only one instance of my family being uh, in in the railroad business. It was my uh, great great uncle. Uh, he. Uh, I met him when I was a kid. Like I may have been, I might have been three. If I, I barely remember ever going over to his house, and I remember, oh, he was an engineer. And that's all I was told. And you know, I took, I took it at my word. I didn't really know what company he worked for. Didn't know anything like that. And so, it didn't even start out this way. But I, my dad and my brother were having a ancestry conversation, and so they found the guys. Um, his uh, World War II draft card, uh, and it lists his occupation and, and his employer. And his employer was the Virginian Railway. And, you know, I 
my favorite railroad is Chesapeake and Ohio, and always will be. But Virginian is tie. It's it's really a tie between Steno and Virginia. Uh, and Virginia, my fascination with the Virginian started with my papa, my mom's dad, uh, because he grew up right on the main line at Page, West Virginia, and he would always wear a <laughs> uh, Virginian hat when we would go watch trains. And I, when I was young, if it wasn't Steno, it was some small second class railroad that didn't matter. Well, Virginia was small, but it wasn't no second class railroad. It was a very highly engineered very incredibly efficient, well-run railroad. It was probably the most well-run railroad in the country. And that's not being biased. It's, it's probably, it, it was known as like the best stock you can buy. If you buy into the Virginian, you will make money and you'll make a lot of money. So it was, it was a very efficiently, very well-run railroad. And I, come, I came to learn a lot about it when I kind of embraced being a rail fan again. But it always was tied to Papa. And he didn't work for the railroad. He just grew up next to the main line. Didn't really, you know, I just remember <laughs> seeing that hat and like, I need to know more about this railroad. And I came to learn more about it. I'm like, this is so incredibly fascinating. I want to learn more. And I'm actually working on a documentary about the Virginian. Uh, well, not this second, but as I speak. And so to, to know that I have a family history with someone who was actually on the payroll of the Virginian really meant a lot to me. It almost sort of, validated my interest in this railroad and not only that but the location he was listed as being employed by employed at the page roundhouse so this draft card is from like 19 from the 40s i forget what year exactly i think 44 uh and so basically papa would have been nine when the war was over uh, actually he wouldn't even turn nine he would have been eight when the war was over presumably still living in Page. So I have two sides of my family along this railroad. One of them <clears> would go on to inspire my love of this railroad. Then the other one that I know now was working at the roundhouse uh, in there. And Page was a major roundhouse and division point on Virginia. And it was the basis. It was a base for a lot of the West end uh, of the roads, uh, steam locomotives serving the mine. So it was really, it, it's a big deal. It was a big deal to me to, to, to learn this and to kind of have that tie to the Virginian now. Like I said, it goes beyond just the, I have manufactured my love for this railroad because of a hat that I saw my papa wear. Like now I actually have a reason to go, oh, why are you so fascinated with Virginia? Why well, I had a family member who worked for the railroad. And I met him before he died. So that was why I learned this week. It was kind of, it was a cool moment for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And with that, we shall conclude our episode before I end up sneezing because I know I'm going to. I can feel it like right there. This has been Season 4, Episode 14 of the Scientific Ocean Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Darren, take us on to the Lone Star State. Adios, everybody. Yeehaw.